Welcome back to Diagnosis and Tea Season 2. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute, but I am back. I took a hiatus for numerous reasons. Um, we'll get into that uh, after my introduction. Hi! If you've never listened before, my name is Tess. I'm definitely not an alien researching Earth. And this is a podcast about the strange and unusual occurrences in our world. Today I am drinking Stash Coconut Mango Oolong Tea. It's very delicious, except my tea bag broke, so I guess I can do a tea leaf reading after this. It's great. If you're looking for something that tastes like a hot pina colada, I I know that doesn't sound very appetizing, but it is actually really good. <laughs> so I'm just gonna... If you want to fast forward through, like, my personal details, that's okay. I don't mind. But if you're wondering, like, where the heck has she been? She's been gone for so long. Yeah, I have. I moved. Since the last time I made a podcast, I've moved three times, I think. Three times or four times. Possibly four times. Um, That's been fun. Not really. I hate moving. I don't want to move again until I'm going to, like, stay at the place where I'm moving to for a while. And I mean, like, years. I'm not... I'm back at my parents' house. I'm 26 and back at my parents' house. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, a lot of a lot of people I know have been having to move back in with their parents, especially with how much stuff costs. I don't know what it's like in other parts of the world, but... If you want an apartment in Canada, you basically have to give your firstborn child to the landlord and do like a deal with the devil. Hopefully you have some gold bars. That's about the only way you can get an apartment. Oh, I also had some mental health issues, which uh, I'm going to do a plug. Uh, You can find me over on the Wisdom app. I'm not sure if it's launched yet. It's going to launch soon. Talking about mental health and mental health in Canada. So if you want, not it, I'm also going to talk about um, spiritually how to do different things on the app. I'm going to talk about like witchcraft and stuff. So if you're into that, if you're into that at all, check me out on the app. Uh, it's called Wisdom. It's going to be, it's in its beta form right now. I'm not sure if it's available to the public. I think it is. Um, I think it's on the app store. Download it. Listen to me. It's Telegnosis and Tea Podcast. But gonna be Telegnosis and Tea Podcast. Looking at spooky things. But also looking at some mental health things. Which can be spooky. Can be spooky. What else? Did I want to talk about anything else? That's kind of like a crash car on what's been happening. I've been having some bad mental health. It's been up and down. Pretty stable right now. Uh, Went back to school. So I'm now going back to school and working. So I figured, you know what? I'm working and going to school, I might as well add something else and get back into podcasting. So here I am. Um, So happy to be here. I actually really missed podcasting. I missed you guys. I missed uh, the spooky telegnosis family, the telefamily. I'm so excited for today's topic. You're going to find out why. Well, actually, it's in the title. (laughs) It's not much of a secret that we get to have a very special guest interview on the podcast today. But before then, before we get into that, let's talk about the shadow hat man. We're just going to call him the hat man. So now that I'm talking about the shadow hat man, the hat man is a worldwide phenomenon 
people all over the world have reported seeing the Shadow Hat Man. It's one of those things that is really hard to believe until you experience it for yourself. But many, many people do. People everywhere, Russia, China, Canada, the USA, have reported seeing this distinctly shaped figure. He appears at night as a tall man wearing an old-style hat with a wide brim. Some report seeing him with a top hat. He is also called the Top Hat Man. He's either wearing an old-style detective trench coat or a cape. He appears like a shadow, completely colorless and black. But this is a different kind of black. This is dark beyond dark. Even in a dark room... How dark he is, how black he is, stands out. He is another level of dark. He has no features, completely featureless, and often has his hat covering where his eyes would be. So is he covering his eyes? If he has any. He's been reported standing in the corner of bedrooms watching people try and sleep. He tries to attack people, scare them, or trap them. But the majority of reports describe the man as just watching. Watching from the corner of the room, watching from a doorway, or from a window, in the dead of night. He always brings with him a sense of terror, dread, fear. He's reported often during sleep paralysis, but many people, myself included, have seen him when they were wide awake. He's described as a leader, in charge of other shadowy figures. Some people have reported seeing not just him, but other figures with him. However, the hat man, he's always in charge. Most curious of all, the hat man is often seen surrounding a traumatic event, either before or after. Is he a warning? Is he trying to comfort? Or is he spiritually or emotionally driven? From one of the articles that I was reading, and I'm going to put my sources at the end, they sourced um, someone named Gigi, who is a psychic on YouTube. Unfortunately, I've tried really hard to find the video of Gigi, um, Gigi the Psychic. I can't find the video, so I only have this article to go off of reference. But Gigi the Psychic on YouTube explained her experience with the Top Hat Man that came through during a hypnosis session. So during hypnosis... She saw where he came from. Allegedly, she followed him back to where he came from and did a remote viewing of him. She found he was from an earlier time. He was in an apartment or a hotel room that looked like it was from the 1950s or 60s. Gigi said they remembered a place that had a sense of sadness. The apartment or hotel room was very lonely. On the coffee table, Gigi saw a manila folder that said, quote, Watchers. They had the suspicion that the Shadow Man was somehow involved in a government program where psychics were being trained to do remote viewing. Again, I can't find this video, unfortunately, so this is secondhand from an article, but it comes with the possibility. Is the Shadow Man, is the Shadow Hat Man a watcher? Is it actually a psychic somewhere in a government building? that projects themselves and watches you sleep. Paranormal investigator Heidi Hollis had an experience with shadow beings, and on the AM radio show Coast to Coast, she spoke stories about the Shadow Hat Man. 
Heidi speculates that the hat man may be the actual devil. A soldier who was stationed at a haunted base in Germany saw the hat man in the mirror. The soldier, who I was, yeah, I'm guessing is a lot braver than me, asked who the hat man was, and the hat man replied, I am Scratch. Scratch, for those who don't know, is an old term that was used for the devil. Heidi also spoke about, a hat, about the hat man sitting on the edge of a hospital bed of a man who had attempted suicide. The hat man disappeared shortly after the man awoke, but not before saying, I almost had you. There is so, so many stories from people everywhere, like I said, all over the world, who have stories about this hat man. So much so that one man has dedicated 20 years gathering the stories and researching the hat man. A lot of his research is on thehatmanproject.com. There are their stories from everywhere about people and their encounters with the hat man. So who is he? Who is the hat man? What does he want? Where did he come from? Is it a he at all? Is it something that we can't even comprehend? I spoke with the owner of the hat man project. My name is Tim Brown and I uh, run a website called the hat man project. I've uh, been doing it now for about 20 years. That's something that's kind of been, you know, kind of like your, your podcast. It's been my project, I guess, on the side. So uh, I've been doing that for a long time. Uh, I'm a full-time uh, minister as well as a father of five kids, been married uh, for 20 years. So yeah, family guy and I uh, do a lot of ministry and help wherever I can. Well, that's great. So you must be busy with uh, five kids. Yes, very busy <laughs> and my hair is more gray every day. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, what made you begin the Hatman Project? Yeah, so the Hatman Project started. Um, uh, it started about, like I said, about twenty years or so ago. I had had my experience with the Hatman when I was fourteen years old, and and that's where it started for me. And I and I didn't. I kind of put it out of my mind because you know when you're a kid like that, you don't really have the wherewithal to really understand what's happening you know, in your experience. So, you know, after speaking to my family and friends about it, when I was a teenager, I, I kind of put it out of my mind and went on about living my life and pretty much stayed like that until right around 2000, 2001. I can't remember exactly when, but I, I was going down the road. It was late at night and I was uh, listening to a radio program called Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. And that particular night, they had a, a person on there who was describing their experience with what they called the hat man. And when they described this, this, uh, this entity, blacker than black, long flowing cape, uh, wide brimmed hat, staring, watching, you know, it, I almost had to pull over because all of those memories came flooding back for me. And, and I realized that what I had seen was real. And it wasn't not, you know, a figment of my imagination. It was not bad pizza, you know, anything like that. So uh, I was like, okay, well, I need to understand this, you know. So the Hatman Project was born out of my need and desire to try to understand my experience. Um, so at the time, there was very little on the Internet uh, back then. So I, I just said I, I, I 
wanted to try to collect as many stories as I could. So I scoured the internet. I talked to as many people as I could. Again, there was not a lot out there at that time. So I built a website. And, uh, and I just said, hey, here's a place where you can come, post your stories. And that's kind of where it all started for me. And that's where my, my research started. So going back to when you were 14, what happened? Yeah, so uh, I'm 14 years old. I'm, I'm sitting in my room. And I was laying in bed. I was about to go to sleep. And uh, the way that my house was arranged, um, I didn't have a door in my room. So my room was open, and it kind of went through this walkway into my great-grandmother's room. And then off her room was a door, which was the main hallway, and you could see uh, into my grandmother's room. So I lived with my grandmother, great-grandmother, and basically from where I was laying at night, I could see clear through two rooms, if that makes sense, and I could see the hallway. So I was laying there, lights were out, I was watching TV, had the covers pulled up to my eye, just kind of up to my face. I covered my nose a little bit, and I was watching TV, and I was just starting to get ready to go to sleep. And I could see a shadow kind of walk, a person walk into my great-grandmother's room. And my first thought was, it's an intruder, right? Because I, I cut my eyes. I didn't turn my head because I didn't want it or he or whatever. I didn't want him to know that he was looking at me. Because I thought literally we had an intruder in our house. So I cut my eyes to the left, and that's when I could see it clearly. And that's why I saw this very tall, he, it is very tall. I could ba- He could barely fit into the door, the doorway. Very, very tall. Very wide-brimmed hat. Very long, flowing cape. Um, and the only way that I can describe it is blacker than black. Because the, the lights were out. But when you see this thing, it's just dark. It's just super dark. So... It stared at me, like toward my bedroom, for a few seconds, and then it turned and it stared at my great grandmother, who was sleeping in her bed for a few seconds, and then it kind of moved back into the hallway out of my sight. And at that point, I was thinking, okay, I've got to do something because you know I'm <laughs> I'm 14 year old boy, but I'm the man of the house, right? Yeah. So. I reached over to my, my nightstand. I had a, I was a, a martial arts kid. I was a black belt in martial arts at the time. So I reached over to a pair of nunchucks that I had on my nightstand. And I said, okay, here we go. I'm going to I'm gonna go attack this thing. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to try to get rid of this person in my house. So I said, okay, one, two, three. So I jumped up out of bed, threw my covers off, started yelling as loud as I possibly could, came around the corner ready to hit this person and it was gone it was gone man out of thin air just gone just gone and uh so obviously i woke up my family and uh we wound up that night sitting in the the living room talking about it and i was like yeah you know i saw this thing and i said it looked at you grandma and then and i said it kind of went back into the hallway and i said then it stared into your room and that's when i got up and it started running and she said, well, okay, now that doesn't make sense because, I mean, she said that does make sense because she said the other night, apparently two nights prior to this, my grandmother was in her bed and she was asleep and she'd woke up because she heard a noise. And when she heard a noise, she looked out into the hallway and she said she thought that it was my great-grandmother getting up to go to the bathroom because she would wear a robe. So she was like, oh, I just saw the robe. And then she said, but I didn't tell nobody. I got up and I followed her to the bathroom to check on her. And when I flipped on the light, it was gone. So again, same thing. So basically what I found out that night is both my grandmother and my great-grandmother 
had seen the same had seen the same thing that I had seen uh, within the span of a couple weeks. Wow! So yeah, do you think? Story. Oh, that's okay. Do you think it's afraid okay. of light then? Since uh, I think what now? do you think it's afraid of light then? Uh, when the lights were turned on, it disappeared. Yeah, I don't know about fear. I have no idea of its emotions. I don't have any idea of what. Uh, there's very little we know. Okay, even after 20 years of studying uh, the stories and having a few more encounters with him over the years, there's still very little that we know about what he is and who he is or whatever. But yeah, when he shows up, I will say this, out of all the hundreds and hundreds of stories that that, uh, that I've gone over with people, it's always at night. Uh, it's, it's usually in the, the twilight time or the night time. That's a very good question, actually. I've never had anybody ask me that question. I don't think I've ever seen a story of him appearing in, in the day or in the light, ever. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So we, after all your research, do you have any idea who or what it is, the Top Hat Man? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, and I always preface this by saying that, uh, obviously, I have my own biases, right? I'm a Christian. So, and I always make sure that I tell people that. And I, and I, I try to be very respectful with other people's views and, and thoughts and so forth. And whenever I, I answer the question of who or what this thing is, I always have to say, um, this is based upon my experience uh, with him. I've had about three encounters with him now over the years. And this is based upon other experiences that I've had with other people with this same being. And it's also based upon the many hundreds of stories that I've, I've studied over the years. Okay, so it seems as though that this being is if you think of it as a hierarchy right you have low level spirits that are um demonic in nature okay it's what the bible calls demons okay Okay. so you have these these spirits these spirits used to have bodies many thousands of years ago they don't have bodies anymore they roam the earth very powerful beings um they exist in uh just a one higher dimension than us okay so they're here all the time they're around us all the time, but they attach themselves to energies is what it seems like. And they are attracted to negative energies, very, very negative energies. I would say in almost 90% of all the stories that I've ever studied, including my own, um, because at the time when I was 14 years old, I was not a Christian. I was actually uh, quite a bit dabbling into the occult. I was dabbling into uh, witchcraft and uh, uh, Wicca and that type of thing. And there was also lots of chaos in my home. There was lots of drugs, um, abuse, anger, types of things going on, lots of divorce. And these beings, just on an energy level, seem to be very much attached to those types of energies, if that makes sense. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's attracted to negative energy. Yeah, very much attracted to negative energy, but not just attracted to negative energy, they feed on it, but they also foster it. They also help it to increase. So in other words, in 90% of the stories that I've studied over the last 20 years, these beings either show up in the midst of chaos in people's homes, or they show up right before chaos happens to try to make it worse, or to try to bring more chaos into people's lives. I'll give you a case in point right now. I just uh, spoke to a woman last week, 
uh, who called me and asked, she was asking for help. She said that uh, Hatman appears to her brother all the time. He was once a believer in God in light. Uh, he was once um, somebody who uh, would you know go to church and, and, and uh, follow the Bible and those types of things. But he started getting into drugs. He started getting into, uh, he uh, started sleeping around on his wife, getting into really, really just negative type things. Well, he started seeing these beings, right? So his mom was a Christian. She came over to his house and they anointed his house with oil. They did whatever they thought they needed to do to try to get rid of it. And I told her, I said, the, the reason why it didn't work, because it didn't work, by the way, uh, the, the mother actually wound up dying not long later, and he wound up blaming God for what happened. But after that, the experiences of the hat man just started increasing, okay? And so it's gotten this man into a place where he's terrified. He's literally terrified to talk to anybody about it. He doesn't want to do anything about it. So basically, he lives his life now in fear completely rejecting God and completely pursuing uh, drugs and also uh, cheating on his wife. And again, it's not a, I'm not trying to say these things like in a judgmental way, but it's the negative energy that these things feed on. And it, and it, and it pushes people into darker and darker places in their lives, if that makes any sense. That definitely makes sense. So you said these things, is there... Uh, which I kind of was wondering too, is there just one single top hat man or is this like an entity that can be? That's a good question. I apologize. I didn't make that clear. No, hat man is a overseer. Okay. Okay. He's an overseer. He's like a, he's like a top dog. Think about him like a, uh, that's right. I was going back to what I was saying a moment ago about a hierarchy. He sits at the top of some type of chain of command. Uh, I don't know if it's regional. I don't know if it's, whatever, I don't know what the the chain of command is, but he has these other ones that appear to be just in human form. They're just blacker than black, same as him, but they don't have any distinguishing features. They just look like people, like shadows, and they serve him. They do his bidding. They do do what, you know, uh, he wants them to do, and it seems as though his role is to oversee making sure that people have these beings attached to them or he shows up at strategic times in their lives to try to make sure that they veer one direction as opposed to going a different direction. Okay, so he's steering them sense. steering them more towards the negativity. Yes, but he again, he's more like an overseer. Okay. Um yeah, he has these other minions, these other demonic beings under him. So he's more powerful. But the other ones seem to be the ones that attach themselves to you. The Bible calls them familiar spirits, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, that's where I found a lot of the... When I, in my research over the last 20 years, I did a lot of research into the, to the ancient texts, uh, especially like the Book of Enoch and uh, some of the ancient uh, sources that really kind of address these things more directly. And, uh, and I found a lot of answers in, in, the, in those texts that seem to make a lot of sense. These things are called familiar spirits. And the reason why they're familiar, where they get that term familiar, is because they, they tend to travel down family lineages, right? So here you are, if you're a demonic being, and you feed off a negative energy, and you have possessed a body, and they're engaged in whatever they're engaged in to create that negative energy so you can thrive on it, 
and you're you know actively working to destroy that person's life, well, if, at some point you have to pass down to the next generation. So the the parents have the children. The children have the same type of dysfunctions that they inherit from their parents. And then guess what? Eventually, over time, those demonic entities get passed down from one generation to the next, one generation to the next. That's why they're called familiar spirits. They're familiar to the family. Okay. Okay. Um, Hatman is an overseer in the process. And he seems to show up in lives of people who, and this is going to be a little bit of a conjecture on my point, okay? Mm -hmm. But he seems to show up in lives of people who are key to doing something that would affect the negative side, but for the positive. In other words, let me use Christian terms, okay? There's, there's light and there's dark. There's God and there's, there's Satan. Um, there's a good path and there's a bad path, right? And so what he wants to do is he wants, hey, there's certain key people that have a destiny that, that God has for them in their lives, and only they can fulfill that destiny. But in order to thwart that plan, their lives have to be steered off course. That's what Hatman does. He looks for those key people to try to throw monkey wrenches into the plan. Think about it as a plan of God. He throws monkey wrenches into that plan by getting the, the key people that would have moved that, that plan forward. He gets them to have their lives veered off course through negative things, through this negative energy stuff. Okay, so he sends, like, basically his little minions to go and do that, but he's overwatching and making sure that that happens. Yes. So, if if you have these encounters, like, say somebody's listening and they've had encounters with Hatman or with, like, the other the shadow beings that he's controlling, how would you get them to stop or go away? So, anybody who's familiar with the Bible will remember that Yeshua, Jesus, when he walked the earth, he had encounters with demons, right? And um, and he actually had a teaching once that he said, you know, demons are these beings that seek out a body. They want a body. So they feel that body, and they, they, have, um, they have a personality attached to them, right? So uh, some, some have a personality of lust. Some have a personality of anger. Some have a personality of murder. Some have a personality of, of uh, stealing. Some have a personality of fear. And when they possess a person's body or when they attach themselves to a person body, person's body, that person then begins to adopt those same types of negative emotions. It manifests in the physical world as emotions in the life of that person. I'll give you an example. I was uh, teaching a Bible class about two years ago at my local church. And I was just bringing up a point about now. Let me let me preface this by saying my background is in the Churches of Christ, which I don't know if you know much about the Church of Christ, but they had this funny doctrine where they believe that uh, that God does not is not active today. He was active in the first century, but he's not active today. So any claims of miracles or hearing God's voice or you know demons or anything like that, that's just something we don't in in, in historically we don't talk about. But obviously, I've kind of been an oddball in my church for a long time because of the things that have, that have happened with me. So here I am. I'm teaching a class, and I'm teaching about uh, uh, grace and about freedom in Christ and how you can uh, overcome, you know, uh, depression and addiction and you know these types of things. All of a sudden, this woman 
who was sitting in the group just starts growling. And her husband was sitting next to her, and she starts hitting her husband, literally smacking him in the face. She jumps up, and she starts speaking with a completely different voice, and she starts yelling at me, telling me to shut up. Shut your mouth. Shut up. Don't you say another word. You shut up right now. Now, I knew, I knew immediately what that was um, because of my previous experiences. So I just looked at her, and I said, in the name of Christ, leave. And she laughed at me. And she said, no, you can't do anything. And I looked at her and I said, by the blood of Christ, in the name of his name, in the name of Yeshua, leave. And at that moment, she fell, literally fell back in her chair. And the whole class was shaken and crying and everything else. Again, we're not a charismatic church. You know, this is not the kind of stuff you would see in a church of Christ, right? Okay. So whenever someone asks me the question, what do you do? about this being it's the difference between light and dark it's god's way versus satan's way it's being filled with either god's spirit what the bible calls the holy spirit or it's allowing yourself to be an open vessel for dark spirits it's either one or the other either you're going to be possessed by the positive light of god the spirit of god or you're going to be possessed by darker spirits who will attach themselves to you or live inside you. It's going to be one or the other. Why? Because we live in a three-dimensional plane, but but we exist in a higher dimension as well. That makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. So these things these things have access to us. They have access to us because they they live on a higher level than we do, but but they they possess the same space that we possess. So in other words, if you were to, to put on a, a special pair of glasses to be able to see into the spirit world. You would see beings of light and dark. That's what I'm talking about right now. It's, a, it's, a, it's about being on a, like a light spectrum. You would see beings of light and dark. Um, and we are either beings of light or dark based upon our relationship with the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Okay, so from my experience, helping other people get rid of the hat man, helping other people get rid of demons, and dealing with this thing for a long time, he responds very much the same way that other demons respond. If you tell him, in the name of Christ, you have no authority to be here, you must leave, be gone, he has to leave. Um, There's a story that I had, uh, oh, this was probably five years ago. This was a lady who had grown up Catholic, and she was very devout, very, very devout woman, and she started having these experiences with the hat man. Well, he showed up. He communicated to her that he was her spirit guide. Oh. So she started listening to the spirit. Yeah, she started listening to the spirit. And she was like, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't mean, he wasn't ugly, he wasn't friendly. She goes, but the thing is, is that I don't feel comfortable around him. And I'm sitting there thinking, you shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) But he had, he had kind of warped her mind a little bit to think that he was kind of like a spirit guide or whatever. So long story short, she, she called me up and she said, hey, listen, I'm having experiences with this being. I know I found your website. I want to ask you a few questions about it. And basically what happened is he started showing up at the foot of her bed every night and just standing there staring at her. And somehow she either either he communicated it or she just assumed it or whatever, but she started thinking, well, wait, maybe this is my spirit guide. And she noticed that every day she would go outside and she would see um, buzzards flying around her house. Oh. And she thought that was so strange. And she's like, yeah, I thought that was strange too. And she would see these buzzards flying around her house. And then at night, uh, he would show up at her bed, just standing there, staring at her. And I, and I told her, I said, 
I said, okay, whenever I talk to anyone on the phone about the hat man, I usually always ask a few probing questions. And I, I say, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to be personal, but just based upon experience, these things are, are they typically are attached to negative energies. They're attached to negative things happening in your life or about to happen in your life. And, uh, and she said, well, I used to go to church because I asked her if she went to church. She goes, I used to go to church. She goes, but after he started showing up, I stopped going. And she goes, I, I've, I've started kind of getting more interested in, and, uh, in occult stuff, occult practices. And she's like, I think that this being is, is trying to be like a, a guide or a spirit guide, but I don't know how to, I don't really know how to follow him. But yet when he shows up, I'm, I'm kind of scared because I have this very dreadful feeling, this very negative feeling. And by the way, almost a hundred percent of the stories that I've gotten in over the last 20 years, same description, same description. When you're in the presence of this thing, you feel this incredible negative energy, okay. which makes sense because it's a higher, it's a higher negative energy being. Yep. So Anyway, I told her, I said, look, the whole reason why he's there is to get your mind to go away from the light that you, the path that you were once on. I said, because you were following God, you were going to church, you were following the path of light. If you remember in the Bible, Jesus said, I am the light, right? I am the light, the way, the truth, and the light. So I said, now you've kind of veered off of that. I said, so here's what we're going to do. I said, this is not a good being. This is not your spirit guide. I said, he's not here to try to give you enlightenment or anything else. I said, he's here to, to feed off of your negative energies and to get you to veer off of the path that God has for your life. So she listened, and she, she agreed. She's like, you know, I think that's right. So I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray together on the phone. And I said, but the thing is, is that you have to be the one to take authority because he has taken an interest in you. So you have to let him know that you're, you're done with it. And you're not going to go any further with him, and he's not allowed on your property. So I simply just took her through a simple prayer. I said, in the name of Christ, um, by the power and authority of the blood of the Messiah, you are no longer welcome here, and you are not allowed to step foot on my property again. And I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Amen. So she did that, and she did it from the heart. And she's like, thank you, thank you. And she said, that night, he didn't show up. Good. She's like, okay, well, maybe he'll... He'll show up the next night. Nope, he didn't show up the next night. So long story short, she wound up going back to church. She wound up, you know, laying down the occult stuff and whatnot. But that's just one example of, of how to deal with this being when he starts showing up. The harder thing to deal with is not the being. The harder thing to deal with are the life issues that surround, the, the life issues that, that tend to be either happening in your life that attract them. Does that make sense? Yeah, like like yeah. if you're engaged, if you're engaged in almost killing yourself with heroin, and these beings have atta attached themselves to you, the bigger issue that you're going to have is not getting rid of the beings; it's getting rid of the heroin, right? Absolutely, yeah, that so, makes so sense. That's, that's the yeah, yeah, that's the issue. So, um, you know, like with the guy that I told you about before in the in the previous story that happened just yesterday or day before yesterday, she's like, "What can I do?" And I said, "I said, man, there's nothing you can do." I was like, you know, your mother went over there and, and anointed the house and did everything she could and couldn't get rid of him. I said, because the issue is not you or your mom. The issue is the man who's cheating on his wife, who is taking drugs and killing himself with drugs and making lots of bad life decisions. I said, because he's creating the energy where he won't go back to God. He doesn't, he, he hates God right now. He doesn't even want to entertain the thought of God anymore. 
And I said, that is exactly where the hat man wants him to stay. Wow, that's fascinating. That's really interesting. Yeah, pretty interesting. Absolutely. So just one last thing. You said that you've had a yeah. few encounters. What was your last encounter with the hat man like? How long ago was that? Just the one. Yeah, the, the ones that I described. Okay. It's just the, it's usually the encounters I have with other people. Oh, okay. So like, uh, you know, praying with that woman that night and uh, helping her to, to be rid of him. Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Now, the, the actual encounters, like, if you're talking about me seeing other demonic beings, yes, I've seen them several times. In fact, oh, I'll tell you a story, quick story. Uh, this happened about three, uh, about three-ish months ago. Um, we, uh, we, we keep our property cleansed by praying. Uh, we pray every day, and we just, you know, let any demonic spirits know they're not welcome. They're not welcome on our property. They're not welcome in our home. And, uh, and you, you do that from time to time because they do, they roam around. I mean, they're, they're literally roaming around all the time in the air. Um, and they're looking for negative energies. They're looking for negative people and energies to attach themselves to, uh, all the time. So we tend to, to pray every day about these things. Well, one of the things you sometimes have to be careful about is when other people come in your home, other people can come in your home and have demonic entities attached to them attached to them or living inside them a few months ago we had a family member of ours that came and spent the night with us for a few nights that night my wife and i started having these just gross sexual dreams very weird out there sexual dreams not typical of anything my wife and i would have okay okay and so we both woke up the next day and we we're like oh did you have a dream? Yeah, I had a dream too. Oh, that's so weird. You know, what in the world is going on? I didn't, didn't really think about it again until the following night. The following night, we're laying there. My five-year-old comes in the room. He's scared to death. He's crying and then just this hysterical crying. You know, if you have a little child, it's the kind where they're crying so hard they can't even catch their breath. They're crying so hard. And I said, buddy, what is wrong? And he kept burying his head in, in our blanket. And I said, bud, what's going on with you? And he finally lifted up his head and he pointed to the other side of the room and he said, do you see them? Them. And I said, okay, I get it now. So I said, what do you see? And he's like, they're dark and there's two of them. So he was seeing the minions, the little, the two little, there was two demonic entities that were attached to the person that came to stay at our house for a few days. Oh, okay. So they were, they were in our home and uh, children Children have an uncanny ability to, to sense these things and see them. They just, they just do for whatever reason, and so do animals as well. So I had a really cool experience with my five-year-old. I said, all right, buddy, because he likes Spider-Man. <laughs> I said, I said, you want to be like Spider-Man tonight? You want to help Dad get rid of him? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and he started, you know, perking up a little bit, and I said, let's pray. And I said, let's pray together. Hold, hold Daddy's hand. And I said, in the name of Jesus, and I just repeat after me, said, you can't be here anymore. In the name of Jesus, leave. And they left. And he told me they left. He said, they left, Daddy. Oh, good. So then we, so then we went and we, we talked to the person that stayed with us for a couple nights and found out that they were involved. Sexual stuff that they shouldn't have not invo been involved in. It was getting them into a dark place in their life. And, uh, and you know, we very gently, lovingly let them know about these demonic beings that were attached to them. But see, here's the thing. If 
she does not stop that type of behavior. And if she keeps going down that road, these beings come back. They won't come back to my house because we told them to leave, but they will find their way back to her. And there's a, there's a very ominous story that Jesus teaches in the Gospels. He says, um, he talks about the person who's, who's been set free of, of these uh, sinful attachments, these demonic type lifestyle things. And he says, it's like a person who sets their house in order and cleans up their house. But the problem is, is that if they, if they don't fill it with the right thing afterwards, then those spirits that were cast out will wander. He literally uses the word, he'll, they will wander through deserted places. That's the phrase that they used about where demons wander in ancient Judea. But they'll wander through desert places and come back with even worse spirits than before. And, that, and it says the worst state of that person, the, 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 the last state of that person will be worse than the first state of that person. So that's why Jesus would say to people, go and sin no more. Right, because I've cleaned the house. I've I've gotten all the stuff out. I've gotten the bad stuff out. But the reason why you were going through what you were going through is because you were making bad life choices, and those bad life choices was creating the negative energies that was a drawing and attracting these things to you, and it was taking over the person's mind. So you know, we we shared not all of that because most of the time people think we're crazy, but uh, but we shared some of that with this this family member and hopefully they listen we don't know oh i i hope they listen i do too i do too <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but when i say ministry that's been part of the ministry that i've had for 20 years uh i had an encounter with a, a very high level uh, demon called mubara uh about two years ago and it was not the hat man uh but it was another higher level type demon and this this young lady had had this demon living inside of her for 40 years and it turned out she had gone through a satanic ritual in her teenage years and thought she wanted to live the occult lifestyle, gave her life to Satan, and uh, actually went through like a marriage ceremony where you invite a higher-level demon to come inside you. So it's like a privilege to have these bigger demons like living inside you in some occult circles. And it, it just debilitated her entire life. Her whole life was filled with disease suicidal thoughts, uh, depression, um, just all kinds of stuff that you could imagine that was just warping her life in a very negative way. And she came across some of, uh, some of the stuff that I've written online and uh, talked to me. We actually come from the same faith background. She came from the same Church of Christ background, so she thought it was very odd that I would be speaking the way that I was speaking. And um, two years ago, my wife and I, uh, sat down with her and we broke the circle and uh, she was so terrified she was so terrified because this being had told her that if you ever try to get rid of me I'll kill you I'll kill you and um, the first thing we had to do was convince her that he does not have the authority to do that if she gives her life gives her love to Christ he has no authority to take her life that, um, that they can't do that so once we convinced her of that she was ready to to approach getting rid of this demon that lived inside of her. So we sat down with her, and uh, we began to pray. And when we began to pray, he manifested. Mabara, this demonic thing, uh, manifested. And um, very noisy, very loud, very arrogant spirit. And uh, we started to shut up, say, in the name of Christ, be quiet. You can't talk. And uh, and you tell them that. They can't. They can't. 
Uh, and then we uh, just said, you know, you have to leave. In the name of Christ, she wants to, she wants to change. She doesn't want you no more. Uh, she wants you out of her life. You're not supposed to be here anymore, so you have to leave. And, and what I typically do is I say, because, you know, I don't know. I cast them out where. I don't know where they're going to go. I don't want them to go on anybody else. So what I say is uh, I bind you in the name of Christ, and I cast you before the feet of Jesus, and I let him deal with you. Right? And then and that's it. I let it go after that. So um, she fell back in her seat, just like the other lady did before, woke up. And I will tell you that she has had the best life the last two years. Like, she still contacts me now. I, I get messages from her every few months saying thank you. Like, she's literally been thanking me for two years because she lived 40 years with this demon living inside of her. Oh, that's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, so we live in a world. We live in a world that is physical, but it's a reflection a mirror reflection of what is in the spiritual. So all this stuff in the Bible that talks about, you know, following the path of God, choosing Christ, having your sins forgiven, all of it's true. All of it's true. It's just that I understand it a little differently because of my experiences with these beings. Hatman is just another either mid-level or high-level demon who has an interest in organizing the lower level demons to do the bidding of his master, which ultimately is Lucifer, which is, which is Satan. And, and his role is to, I believe, and this is where I conjectured earlier, is to oversee the downfall of key people that would otherwise do damage to God's kingdom. I mean, that would do damage to God's kingdom if he thwarts their plan and purpose. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's a kind of a succinct way of putting it, I guess. That is so interesting. Is there anything else you want to say uh, before I let you go? Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you think we should? Yes, one last thing. Don't be afraid of this thing. Don't be afraid of it. The, the, the fear that people have with the Hatman is exactly what he wants. And it's the fear that basically puts the handcuffs on you. Okay, so don't be afraid. Just realize that if you see this being, that it's there for a reason, okay? It's there because your life is important to God, and the darkness or the dark side, I don't want to, I hate, you know, for my Star Wars friends, right? They're going to love this language. (laughs) The dark side loves that, right? The dark side loves to get you into fear, and the more he can get you into fear, the more he can control your mind, the more he can control your mind, the more he can control your actions. And the more he can control your actions, the more he can control the plan that God has for your life. So don't be afraid. Just realize that if you're seeing this being, it's for a reason. It's, in, my, in my view, it's evidence of the fact that God does have a plan for your life. And God has allowed you to see it or to experience it because he wants you to take control of it. He wants to, to let you realize that the spirit world is real. And it's connected to our physical world, it's connected to our behaviors, it's connected to our emotions, it's connected to our mindset. And we don't have to be a slave to fear, we don't have to be a slave to the demons, we don't have to be a slave to sinful things that come into our lives or that we that we do in our lives. We can break free from those things. And the way to break free from those things is to come back to the light. It's all about light and dark, light and dark. In fact, if you take the Bible and you go to the Gospel of John and just note every single instance of light and dark, in that book, 
uh, it gives you a good primer to understand these things. That was a good place that I learned a lot about these things too, about light and dark. So that was the last thing I would say. Just don't be afraid. Just use it as a way to come back to God if, you, if you've been veering off from him for a long time. Uh, and then if you do, these things will go away. They will not bother you anymore. Thank you so much, Tim. Yes, ma'am. And uh, enjoy Canada. I wanted to thank Tim again for being on the podcast. He shed a lot of light onto the hat man and the possibilities of the hat man, which is what I want to get into more. There are many theories about who the hat man is and what he wants. So we're going to get into those theories before I wrap up by telling you my story. Some theories... He's an entity that scares people because he feeds on fear as a source of food. The theory doesn't go into what kind of entity he is, but the theory does go into why he's here and why he's doing it. I guess it'd be a little bit like Monsters, Inc., how they were gathering the screams of children for energy. Maybe he's doing that. Maybe he's, like, feeding on people's fear and that's how he gains his energy, and he just goes around all different people and gains energy through that way. The next theory is he's an extraterrestrial, and he's disguising himself. <laughs> in quotations, I put, or in brackets, I put men in black. <laughs> Which brings me, as so many things do, to the men in black. Based on the description, the being is similar looking to men in black. It is an old-timey looking dude. Uh, way too tall. Like, he stands out. He's so tall. If he's an extraterrestrial, could he have a connection to Men in Black? Maybe this is a Man in Black who went rogue, who had the same Earth training as the Men in Black do, so he still dresses that way. Or he, like, disguises himself similarly to the Men in Black, but decided to put on a cloaking and to stay in the shadows, being all black. I don't know. I think that that has possibility, that it's an extraterrestrial. Or maybe it's a gang of extraterrestrials like the Men in Black. Maybe it's a bunch of them all over the world. The next theory. He's a time traveler. This one I don't buy into as much. If it was a time traveler, you would see more of him. Like, he wouldn't just be a black figure. You know, he would be like an actual person in your room, which I think is somehow creepier to just think like somebody traveled through time just to sit and watch you sleep. So I don't buy that one. The fourth theory, he is an interdimensional being. Totally possible. He comes from another dimension, something that we can't even comprehend. Maybe that is why he's so dark that his darkness stands out against the dark, because he's something that we don't even have on this plane of existence. And the last, of course, we had talked about with Tim, and that is he is a force of darkness going for people who are in a dark place in their lives. Absolutely one of the theories as well. He's a demon and he controls other shadow people or shadow beings, I guess, who are darkness. And... He's like a ringleader, a de demonic ringleader. Tell me what you think. I want to know what you think the Shadow Hat Man is. I want to know if you've had any experiences with him. Please email me. My email is telegnosisintea at gmail.com. I want to know. And maybe it'll show up on a listener story, which I'm finally going to do. I've decided I'm finally going to do it <laughs> during season two. It's in my schedule. So 
that being said, we are going to get into my story with the Shadow Hat Man. I know you've been waiting this whole time for my story. Here it is. I'm going to end it off that I've seen the Shadow Hat Man twice and heard him, I'm, I think, once. I was living in a townhouse that was haunted AF, but I'm going to get into that more in another episode. So I had just watched a movie that I am thoroughly convinced is haunted because the two times that I've watched it, weird stuff started happening right after I watched it. So this was my first time watching it. Um, The movie is as above, so below. If you've seen it, if you've seen it actually, yeah, tell me if you've had weird stuff happen too, because I am interested. But as above, so below, a group of people go into the catacombs of Paris, I believe. I've seen it twice and I can't even remember. I think it was Paris and end up going to the Upside Down. Um, Entertaining movie, but I am convinced that it is haunted because the two times that I've watched it, like I said, stuff has happened afterwards. But it was about a group... Oh, I went off onto a tangent and I wasn't reading my notes. And uh, anyway, they go into the catacombs, stuff happens, blah, blah, blah. I finished watching it in the house that I was in. And the house was haunted. And the next day, I was laying in bed and I, which faced the closet that had a stairway to nowhere in it, because why not add to the creepiness? It likely used to go to the attic, but it was just cut off at the top. Anyway, I was in bed, and the door to my closet opened, and this man walked one foot out as if he was walking down the stairs and out the door. He was dressed really nicely and had a top hat on, so it looked like he was possibly from the 1800s. I was frozen with fear. I couldn't see his eyes because they were shadowed by the brim of his hat, But it looked like he looked at me and then disappeared into thin air. He was completely black, too. He was a shadow. He was absolutely dark as night. And it was... It it was dark in my room. So his darkness was a silhouette. I could see it. How dark he was in this dark room. After that happened, I started putting a chair under the door handle of the closet when I slept. However, I saw him again. I had just gotten out of the shower and was naked drying myself off when the door to the bathroom opened, which I was positive I had locked because I had roommates. So yeah, I was going to lock the bathroom door, but the door opened and I was halfway through yelling like, whoa, I'm naked in here. And I made eye contact, question mark, with the same hat guy. I don't think it was eye contact. Oh, maybe it was eye contact. I couldn't see his eyes. It was some kind of contact, but... It looked like he saw like I just got out of the shower and he got embarrassed and disappeared real fast because it was like a very quick like, oh gosh, you're naked. I'm leaving. (laughs) Oh, he didn't shut the door on the way out, mind you. So I had to shut it myself and lock it. Definitely lock it. The last thing happened at the same time as these two things happened, which is why I said maybe it was the hat man, but I haven't seen any stories where the hat man communicates like with a voice I haven't heard of anybody saying that he says anything so I'm not sure if this was just like another part of the haunted house because it was absolutely a house that was haunted out the wazoo but I was in the shower it was like a day or so later at most and I was now must have been a day later because this was 
because I had had a shower the first time I saw the hat man. So this had to have been like a day or two later. I was singing something. I can't remember what. But as I was singing, a man's voice sang with me right next to my ear. Like whisper sang into my ear when I was in the shower. I got out of the shower so fast. It's a wonder I didn't slip. Like I was like one of those cartoons where you just see the outline as a puff of smoke because they move so fast. That was me. I didn't see anything. It was just a voice. But showering after that was absolutely terrifying. However, didn't happen again. So, woohoo. <laughs> so what do you guys think? I'm really interested to know. Have you had experiences with the, with the Shadow Hat Man? Please let me know if you have. It's telegnosisnt at gmail.com. And I will read you my sources. They are thehappyhealingshop.com slash post slash black shadow hatman, sinistercoffeeandcreamery.com slash blog slash hatman, thehatmanproject.com, true scary paranormal stories from Reddit, seven encounters with the hatman, and shadow people and the hatman explained, both on YouTube. I believe those are all my sources as well. Thank you again, Tim, for coming on to the podcast. If you want to see more stories, you can go to thehatmanproject.com. You can also read Tim's upcoming book, which is The Hatman, His Identity Revealed by Timothy M. Brown Jr. Um, Yeah, coming soon. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye!